We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't you lift up your hands all across this house? Let that hallelujah begin to just let it out of your mouth and just begin to give him praise. All of my praise belongs to the Lord. My life belongs to God. My breath, my worship, it all belongs to Jesus. Come on, somebody love him all across this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. All the glory, all the honor, all the praise, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's clap our hands on the Lord and give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning over to the book of Psalms, chapter 25. And verse number 7. I want to say it's good to have Trent back with us in the house of the Lord. It's good to have him over last night. And uh, it was good to have him last week. And glad to have him back in the house of the Lord. In Jesus' name. It's also good to have Sister Marissa and Sister Jessica. Uh, these are friends of ours. They go to Brother Booker's church in Rialto, and we're glad to have them here in Jesus' wonderful name. And uh, and so thank God for good people. Amen. And it's good to see every one of you here today in Jesus' name. Psalm chapter 25 and verse number 7. As I've been praying through the week, I feel like God's dropped something in my heart. And uh, sometimes when you don't know what to preach, you just preach what you know. And uh, other times it seems like God's really just been working on me, and I can't get away from a thought, and so uh, I feel to preach this here today in Jesus' wonderful name, and I hope it's a, hope it's a blessing to somebody. Psalm chapter 25 and verse number 7, David is writing and he's penning these words down, remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions, according to thy mercy remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore will he teach sinners in the way. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. The secret of the Lord. The secret of the Lord. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across this house. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. Would you lift up your voice in your hearts? Jesus, I believe, Lord, you got a word for us today, and I pray, God, that I preach it the way that you put it in my spirit. Pray, God, that this would be a blessing to someone. I pray that we'd all have open hearts and open ears today to receive what you have for us, God. Lord, you got a word for every heart, every mind, every individual, Jesus. And we're giving you praise and glory and honor in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands one more time and give God a shout of victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. 
David is penning down these words in Psalms 25. And I could have started reading much sooner, uh, but I think that really these portions of Scripture, especially uh, the first verse, helps us to get a little bit of direction on where he's going. David writes down these words, Remember not the sin of my youth, nor my transgression. And, and it's interesting to me because David, as for me, as well as many people here today, uh, at least all the kids might agree with me, David's a hero. And, and David is, is, he's the one that just a few chapters before this writes, The Lord is my shepherd, one of the most quoted verses in the entire Bible. This man's got so many accolades to his name. He seems to have a spotless record. Uh, and when you read the biblical account, you can look through and you find uh, that, that he does a lot of exploits in the middle portion. And we read a lot about that. And then we see uh, where he is at the end of his life. But there's not a whole lot of details that are given in his youth. So it's interesting to me to note that David is asking the Lord, he's praying to God, Lord, please don't remember the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. But I want to stop for a moment, and I want to talk about David's highlight reel, because that is often what we see in the Bible. We see snippets and pieces, and the Bible would say that these things were written for our learning upon whom the ends of the world are come. We are, we are given these, these, these stories and we are given these verses because there is a lesson to be learned here. And it's always been interesting to me the fact that God will have his writers pin down certain information and omit the rest of the story. And I, I think that there's, there's probably a lot more to that than we have time to get into here today. But... There is something to that. David is writing, and he doesn't have a highlight reel in his brain. David has the full story. He has everything. He can remember every last detail. And when he begins to pray, when he begins to write down this psalm, when he begins to write to the Lord, what comes to his mind is not the highlight reel. What comes to his mind is all those in-between moments that you and I don't have the privilege of seeing and he says lord don't remember the sins of my youth when we think about david there's a few things that come to mind but the first thing that we can see just from a scriptural standpoint is david is the eighth son the youngest son of a man by the name of jesse he is the keeper of the sheep and david is so far a shining example of being a good kid. He is doing what his father has asked of him. And sometimes that's just all that defines the favorite kid in the family, is the one that does what is asked of them. But, but there's, there's a little undercurrent, and there's different ideologies on this, that when Samuel comes to anoint one of the sons of Jesse, he brings with him anointing oil. And when he brings that anointing oil, Jesse lines up seven sons. And he gets all of his boys there 
except for David. Now, there's some people have a viewpoint that, that David was just so beloved, his dad hit him, and, and I know that's some of my favorite preacher's perspective, but that is not my perspective. Um, I don't come from that kind of a background, so I guess that's not my perspective. David's the one that would pen the words, when my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. And people that pen words like that are people that understand words like that. And so David, from my perspective and my opinion, is coming from a background where he has been forgotten. That when it comes time to be, uh, to be seeing one of Jesse's sons anointed, he's not even invited to his brother's coronation ceremony. He's not even invited to the party. This is how little, in my opinion, they saw of David. And David doesn't take this uh, too to, to hard because David just keeps his duty. He keeps taking care of the sheep. And one by one, Samuel takes that anointing oil and he, he leans it over the top of the head of the eldest son, the one that looks like a king, the one that seems to be strapping. And he looks like a good replacement for Saul. But, uh, but, but I want you to notice something powerful about God and his anointing, that that anointing that was going to be poured out, anointing oil, uh, oil flows and oil moves with gravity. But when he lifted it over the head of the eldest son, the Bible says the oil did not move. Can I help somebody? The anointing defied gravity and said, no, 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 no. I know which one I'm supposed to anoint. Uh, amen. And I want to preach to somebody for a moment. You might feel forsaken and you might feel forgotten, but God's gifts and God's anointing and God's calling it won't rest on anybody else. If it was intended for you, it's going to rest on you. You don't have to worry about it just, oh, well, God forgot about me. My family forgot about me. Everybody else forgot about me. When the timing is right, when the anointing starts to flow, you better believe it's going to land on the right person. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give him praise. David. He's there, and he's, he's watching the sheep, and one by one, that anointing gets tipped over each of the brothers, but it doesn't land on any of them. It stays where it is. It stays in that horn, and it does not move. And everyone, and, 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 and Samuel's praying, Lord, is this the one? And, and God says, no, 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 that's not the one. And finally, as he gets through all of them, God says, you've been looking at the outward, but I've been looking at the inward. You've been, you've been looking at what everybody else can see, but I'm looking at what no one else can see. Can I preach about David's highlight reel for a moment? David was an individual that was forgotten and nobody knew what things were going on, but God was seeing what everybody else forgot. God was remembering what everybody else forgot. He was looking and he says, I'm looking at the heart. I'm looking at the inward. He may not be as tall. He may not be as strong, but he's got it right where it counts. Somebody praise him all across this building. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It isn't in my notes, but I might as well preach in any ways. The fact that you may not have what everybody else has does not disqualify you from what God wants to call you to be and what God wants to call you to do. Your deficiencies and your inadequacies are not something that will bar you from receiving the blessing and the favor of God. Everybody else might say that disqualifies you, but God says, amen, that's a perfect person that I can anoint, and they'll know it wasn't because of their might. It wasn't because of their strength, but it was by my spirit. <laughs> 
Oh, somebody praise him. I don't know about you, but I hope there's somebody that can testify. It wasn't based on my intelligence level. It wasn't based on my education or my finances. But God called me, and I know, I know it was the Lord. Oh, somebody praise him. I don't know about you, but it was the Lord. It was the Lord. It was the goodness of God that led me to repentance. It was the hand of God. It was his loving kindness. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and magnify him. I come to help somebody here today. You might have just walked in this building and said, why would God ever want to use somebody like me? I got news for you. You're just the individual that God's looking for. You're just the mess that God's about to make a miracle out of. You're just the, come on, you might have made mistakes, but God's looking your direction and saying, you're just what I can use. That was one of the biggest problems with Saul. I'm off my nose, but let's have church. Uh, that was one of the biggest problems with Saul. He always wanted to get the credit and the glory. Didn't care if he was living it. He just wanted to look like it. And I, I want to help you. Amen. God's saying, I want to see somebody where they have a heart after me. They have a heart that is running after me, that's pursuing me with everything they got. David gets anointed. God doesn't forget about him. God anoints him king over Israel. And this good old king goes right back to the sheep. Amen. He goes right back to the sheep doing what his father, he goes right back to being forgotten, anointed but now forgotten again. And there the Bible says that the king of Israel, Saul, is asking about, he's got an evil spirit troubling. And this is the highlight reel. This is what we get to see about David. David is there in the wilderness, and God, God is working on him, and God is moving on him. But, but Saul says, I need somebody, and there's somebody that heard that there's a good musician, an anointed musician by the name of David. Because in that, in, that, in that highlight reel, we can read into it that David was on the backside of the mountain taking care of sheep. He was practicing with his slingshot, and he was practicing with a harp. He was working on his music, and he was working on his arm, and he was doing everything he could in this interim, in this middle period. And David is there. He's just working on this, and somebody hears. He's an anointed musician, and they call for him. And while David plays, the Bible says the evil spirit departs from Saul. While David is singing and worshiping the Lord, this is the anointing coming off of David, and it's moving and removing the evil spirits. This is why I think it's so powerful that we have worship around here, that we have praise and we give God glory. You'd be shocked what will run out of your life uh, when the anointing starts flowing. We may not be the best singers. Uh, we may not be the, I think we got great singers and great musicians, uh, but it may not be the best, but that doesn't matter. Uh, what matters is the anointing of God starts flowing and what's been afflicting you, what's been affecting you has got to run from you. Oh, somebody give him praise. <laughs> David plays so skillfully, even the devil says, I got to get out of here. Man, I gotta run. And that, that spirit leaves him. And guess what happens? David goes right back to the sheep. And then Saul calls for him to be an armor bearer. And he goes and he defends Saul and he takes care of Saul's shield and he protects the king. And then he goes right back to the sheep. There's a lot of in-betweens we're not seeing here. We're seeing moments, but there's these moments of greatness. But I want you to know something powerful about David as a young man. David's got a good balance. He goes from doing the king's business to going back to doing his father's business. 
Amen. He goes from doing, uh, doing things that, that the king has requested of him, and he goes back to doing the natural and normal things that God has requested of him. I think that's a powerful thought, just the fact that David, because uh, there are moments in life we have to understand. There's times where you come and you sing and you play before the Lord, and you, you, get, you get in the spirit and you get the anointing flowing, but there's going to be another day where you're going to have to go back to the sheep and they're going to stink. you got to pay bills. you got to take care of this. you got to go to work. you got to let the boss yell at you. you got all these other things things. Come on. Am I preaching to anybody? And then the very next day, you're hanging out with the king. Amen. There's, there's got to be a balance. Some people can only do things for the Lord when they're hanging out with the king. Uh, but there's other people that said, Lord, even if I'm hanging out with the sheep uh, and nobody knows my name and I feel forgotten, uh, I'm going to sing and I'm going to play and I'm going to I'm gonna give him praise. David goes through all this and we don't have time. You can read the rest of his story. But David goes through this moment. And finally, he goes on another menial task for his father, delivering bread and cheese and wine to his brethren. And, and his brethren had the audacity to tell him, you're prideful. You've got all sorts of arrogance, and that's why you came. You just came to see the battle, and that's all you came for. And, and David David just ignores it. He doesn't take it, doesn't take it to, uh, to heart. He just lets it go. It rolls off him. That's probably the kind of abuse he's endured all of his life from his brethren. And, and the Bible says he hears the challenge of Goliath, and one of the most famous, if not the most famous story in the Bible Amen. outside of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. There's a young boy that runs down the valley with just a slingshot and he takes that sling and stone. He says, you come to me with swords and spears but I come to you in the name of the Lord and he uses that power that didn't come from him. He uses that anointing that didn't come from him and he takes out an enemy that was against the Lord. Amen. And David did it all because he said, well, back on the backside of the mountain, I killed a lion and a bear. Just as a side note. That's the highlight reel of David. But when David looks back on his life, he pens the words, remember not the sins of my youth. And we all don't remember the sins of his youth. Not one person can find me a scripture that shows the sin of David's youth. David is getting a revelation in this, this scripture. He's showing forth a revelation, amen, that will suit him later. He is saying, Lord, don't remember the sins of my youth. And in the context of scripture, all we see is a, is a young boy that serves his father. All we see is a young boy that serves his brethren. All we see is a young boy that serves his king. All we see is a young boy that serves his God. All we see is a young boy that defeats enemies. All we see is a young boy that fights lions and bears and delivers the sheep out of their mouth. And, and David's penning these words, Lord, don't remember the sins of my youth. And God's coming back. And a couple verses later and David's penning the words I know God won't remember the sins of my youth because I got a revelation somewhere in my life that the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him can I preach to somebody when you look over your life you can see everything more than the highlight reel but when you fear the Lord when you serve God when he starts penning your story down and writing your story he come on somebody amen he says don't worry about all that stuff that's a secret between you and I don't worry about all that in between stuff that's just a secret between you and I don't worry about what everybody else might have thought about it it's just a secret between you and I 
Oh, somebody lift up your hands and magnify him. I came to preach this revelation to somebody. Uh, you need to get a revelation uh, that God keeps good secrets, uh, that the Lord's a secret keeper, and that God's got a place, uh, and God's got a memory, uh, amen, that'll keep it hidden uh, from everybody else. Deuteronomy 29 and 29 says the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and our children forever that we may do the words of this law. God's got twofold to him. He's got one part that's a secret keeper that says if you tell me anything, if you confess anything, if you fear me and come to me, that's a secret between you and I. But I want you to know that God says I got him hidden secrets and hidden mysteries called revelations and I reveal them to you and I reveal them to your children. Can I preach it this way? God says all the negative, all the bad things, all the mistakes, all the past, that's a secret. But I want you to know what I got planned for your future, that's between everybody. That which I see in secret, I'll reward it openly. I wish somebody would shout about the fact that you and I, all we get is a highlight reel. What you see preaching to you today is a highlight reel. But between me and God, there's some secrets. Hallelujah. Somebody praise him. Somebody praise him in the name of Jesus. That's why we sing the song, you don't know like I know what he's done for me. Because nobody knows like the individual that's got a secret with God. God won't remember the sins of my youth because he's keeping it secret. Oh, somebody magnify him. Somebody give him praise. Somebody give him praise. Lift up your hands all across this house. Yeah, I'll reveal you good things. I'll reveal promises. I'll reveal blessings. I'll reveal mysteries of the universe. I'll give them to you in parables, and I'll give you revelation. But anything that you bring to me in confidence, it is sealed away, and nobody else can get to it. David got this revelation. I'm going to preach where this revelation, it'll, it'll, if you get this revelation, it won't just get you where you are. It'll get you where you're going. But David penned the words in Psalms 91 and, nine, and 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. In other words, them that fear him, he says, don't worry. I got a secret place where you can put all that junk. I got a secret place where you can hide yourself. It's called an altar. It's called the blood of Jesus. And you can crawl your way. You can walk your way. You can whatever you got to do. You that can get into the secret place of the Most High, you're going to dwell under the shadow of my wing. Can I preach to somebody, when you get to that secret place, no condemnation can get you in that secret place. No devil in hell can get that secret place. It's hidden from everybody. He that dwelleth in the secret place 
of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. When you can get a revelation that when I make a mistake, when I fail, I can find myself a place, a secret place. I can find myself a secret place that the devil can't get me, that my past can't get me, that my mistakes can't get me, that my failures can't get me, that condemnation can't get me. I found myself a place. It's so hidden that God himself says, I'll put a shadow here. It'll be a place where nothing else can get to. Oh, somebody love him all across this building. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Somebody needs to find that secret place today. If you find that secret place, it'll get you a long ways. It'll get you a long ways. This revelation that the secret of the Lord is with them that fear you, fear him. It'll take you a long ways because David, he's realizing this. But you just skip a few chapters later. And you go to Psalms chapter 51. You just skip a little forward. At this point, I believe it's written for a very specific purpose. We are seeing it because God does, God does allow for our highlight reel to be posted and put down on paper. But I think sometimes God writes things for our learning because if it, wasn't, if it was just a highlight reel, we would probably all be worshiping David because he would have been a perfect individual. But, but there was a moment in David's life when the Bible says all the kings went forth to battle. But David, whose purpose was to fight for Israel, to fight for the Lamb, to fight for, for God and his people, David decided to stay home. And I want to tell you, there's always danger when there's a battle going on and you decide that I'm going to vacate my position and I'll let everybody else fight for me. There's always danger when you say, well, I'll just sit this one out and I'll let everybody else pray. I'll let everybody else worship. In fact, anybody that's ever said, well, I just take, I got to take a break. They've never gotten better. They've only gotten worse. But it's those people that got a revelation about the secret place of the Most High that says, hey, I might be struggling right now, but at least I'm in the fight. I might have issues, but at least I'm fighting them. I want to help somebody. You, you're not a failure until you stop trying. You're not a failure until you quit. You're not a failure until you stop going to battle. But as long as you make it up in your mind, I might be tired. I might be worn down. I might feel like everything's crumbling around me, but I'll still show up to the fight. I might be bruised. I might be cut. I might be tired, but at least I show up to the fight at least I show up to the battle at least I show up to the house of the Lord oh somebody magnify him somebody mag I know that's simple for some folks but at least showing up to the battle come on that is the battle the battle is showing up to the battle David didn't show up somebody once said idleness is the devil's playground David didn't show up and there's a lot of people that were to be honest it's the, it's the vacation. Now, after corona, please feel free to take a vacation. Be blessed. But I'm talking about the spiritual vacation. There should be no such thing as a spiritual vacation. You might be on a beach in Maui, but you can lift your hands and say, God, I give you praise. All the more reason. But there's people that decide I'm going to take a vacation from God. I'm going to step out. And I'm going to take a vacation from the battle. And here, David, in this, this vacation, this idleness 
The Bible says David was, was, was asleep in bed, but something stirred him and woke him up. When you take a vacation from fighting, when you take a vacation from the battle, when you take a vacation and you get idle, I want you to know that your flesh will not rest. Your flesh will not rest if you take a vacation from the fight. In fact, that flesh, it's been waiting for an opportunity. It's been waiting for a moment. Paul would say, the good that I want to do, I don't do. And the evil that I don't want to do, that I do. Oh, wretched man that I am. There's something about my flesh that when I stop praying, it gets stronger. But when I pray, honey, that flesh is sound asleep. When I'm in the Holy Ghost, when I walk in the Spirit, Spirit, uh, when I'm full of the anointing of God, when I'm full of the Spirit of God, that that old dirty flesh, uh, that rotten flesh, uh, it's sound asleep. Uh, it ain't stirring. It ain't moving. It's staying there. But you got to stay in the battle. But what if you don't stay in the battle? There's a lot of people who want to talk about you know stay in the fight. That's that's a that's a great candy stick. I believe it. But what if you didn't stay in the fight? What if you don't stay in the fight? There's going to be another kind of fight. And the Bible says David went up on the roof. He should have gone to bed, put his flesh to sleep, but he gets up on the roof. And he sees a woman by the name of Bathsheba bathing. This is Old Testament version of pornography. And I want to, I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I want you to know there is deliverance from pornography. You can, you can live free. You can, there... You can, you can put your flesh back to sleep and say, no, 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 in the name of Jesus. Somebody needs to tell David, go back to bed. Somebody needs to tell David, your flesh is weak and the Spirit wants to help you, but you got to put that flesh down. Oh, somebody praise him. Somebody praise him in the name of Jesus. Come on, I came to help somebody. You might have stopped fighting. You might have left the battle, and here you are. You're getting up in the middle of the night, and there's some things that are tempting you. I want to help you. There is life after those things. <laughs> David gets up. David goes, and he finds himself uh, imagery. And then David goes to the next level of no longer it's imagery. It's got to be adultery because it, it, it starts in the mind. And, and it's not just men. It's ladies, too. They're doing studies about this kind of stuff. And I didn't come to preach about that, but I might as well. There's deliverance. There's deliverance. There's freedom. There's freedom. And if I were to take it even out of that context and just tell you, you can dwell on things, dwell on things, dwell on things, but eventually your flesh is going to say, I'm tired of dwelling about it. I want it. I got to have it. And David says, call for that woman. You got to understand, David was already married. Amen. He was having a rocky relationship. Amen. His wife got mad at him for worshiping. And that from that day forward, the Bible says she never bear again. In other words, they were having some serious marital issues, and they refused to come together, and they refused to reconcile. And and all these things are mounting on David. He's having marriage trouble. He refuses to go to the battle. And now his flesh is up. It's awake. And it's alive and well. And he goes up and he sees some things and says, I can't just look at it any longer. I got to have it. And for one year, David does not pray. And for one year, David, the psalmist, the highlight reel we talked about, He's not singing songs. He's not writing. He's not writing down, the Lord is my shepherd. 
No, 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 no. David's writing things down that my bones are roaring through the night. There's no soundness in my flesh. The very thing he didn't put to bed is now roaring against him. And David is going through this season where he just doesn't know what to do. Uh, he's not praying. Uh, he's, not, he's not seeking God. Uh, he's not going before. He's not trying to find the ark. Uh, he's staying out of battles. Uh, and for one solid year, uh, David's saying, I've just messed up too bad. And there's, there's nothing I could do. And, and the Bible says, uh, amen, that David's trying to keep it under wraps. Uh, he's trying. To, in fact, he tried to kill. He killed off Uriah, amen, by the hand of a letter that he delivered, amen, to his superior by the name of Joab. And what was David trying to do? David was trying to keep his own secrets. Can I preach to somebody? It's not your job to keep your own secrets. <laughs> it's the secret of the Lord that matters. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Somebody pray in the name of Jesus. I'm almost done preaching, but I, I come to help somebody. Uh, that you, you, you're, you're not finding rest, and you're not finding sleep, and there's no soundness in your life, and there just seems to be turmoil and trouble because you're trying to keep a secret, and it's burning you up, and it's, it's, or it's, it's aching in your bones, and it's hurting you, and it's, it's keeping you. Amen. He said, like, my bones are, are, are falling apart. They're brittle, and, and I feel this burning in my heart, and it's, it's just tugging at me, and I feel condemned about everything. I've done and I can't escape it and for one year that's his condition because he tried to keep the secret to himself but the Bible says there was a preacher by the name of Nathaniel that showed up and said you're sitting in your kingly robe on your nice throne and you got your secrets to yourself but he starts preaching to him in a way that David's going to understand there's two men one has many sheep, but one man has only a ewe lamb that he treats like his own kid. And the man that had many took for the man that had one. And he killed. He killed that animal. He said, what shall be done unto this man? Something tugs at the shepherd heart of David. And David says, whoever that man is is going to die. There's something about preaching. There's something about preaching and coming to church. That's why the devil tries to keep people out of church. You might, be, you might have made mistakes and you might be making mistakes, but don't listen to the lie of the devil that says stay away from preaching. Because there's... There's something about preaching that'll tug at your heart. There's something that'll reach to the part, the best part of you, the highlight reel of you. And it'll say, I gotta reach in there. And you, I might be preaching to somebody and they feel it tugging at them. And they're trying to figure out what it is. It's God Almighty saying, I got your number. I know what you care about. And I'm pulling on it. David, you're a shepherd. And I'm not gonna speak to you like a king. Because the way you've been acting like a king, you've been doing whatever you want. You've been ruling your own life. I'm going to speak to you like a shepherd. He starts pulling on that heartstring. He said, whoever that man is going to die. And before the preacher can even leave the building, he turns on his heels and says, thou art the man. And immediately David, 
he feels that whole year of not talking to God. He feels all the weight and, and the, the, the hurt and all of that just crashing down on him. And, and David could have said off with his head because that's what Saul would have done. He could have said, I'm king. Who do you think you are? I'm in charge of my own life, preacher. Don't tell me how to live. Don't tell me how to act. Don't tell me what I got to do. He could have very well did that. But instead, David fell to his knees and all of a sudden God... Amen. Was speaking to the shepherd uh, that penned the words, Lord, don't remember the sins of my youth. The secret of the Lord uh, is with them that fear him. And something started bringing back those revelations. I've been trying to keep this to myself, uh, thinking it's going to get better, but it's only gotten worse. And I've only gotten worse. And David, uh, he hit his knees and he started to pray uh, and he started to repent. Uh, and the Bible would record uh, in Psalms 51 uh, about how he was feeling. He said, have mercy on me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitudes of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Blotting out, I taught about it a little while ago. It's a thing that we, we now use computers and everything can be control, alt, delete, and you can copy and paste. You can think you got rid of it, but it comes back. And you can, you can think it's gone, but, it, you know, you just press a couple buttons and it's there. It's just hidden. But here, the blotting out was when they took that pen, that quill, and they dip it in the ink. And there was no way. There was no eraser. Couldn't get rid of what was written. Can't get rid of what is there. So they take that ink and they, they'd get a big glob of ink and they'd drop it on that parchment. And it would, and that red ink would soak into that. That's just like the blood of Jesus. It would soak into that parchment, and that word that was written gets completely washed away. It gets hidden. It, it becomes secret. And David is saying, Lord, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. Would you please blot out my transgressions? Would you please cover it? I made the mistakes, and I've been trying to hide it to myself and hold it to myself, but today I'm bringing it before you. I fear you, and I know you're the only answer answer to what I need and he says would you please blot out my transgression would you cover it I made a mistake would you cover it I messed up would you cover it and David knew that God was faithful and God was just to forgive him and to cleanse him and to cover him let's stand all across the building lift up our hands let's lift up our hands the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. In the name of Jesus, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. God, I messed up. Shh. That's our little secret. Did you hear about what so-and-so did? Shh. That's the secret of the Lord. In fact, there's a prohibition. I thought it was funny when I first got saved. Prohibition in the old.
I can really preach. If we're going to be honest, everybody, oh, I, I've never mis- made a mistake. Yeah, you better thank God for the secret of the Lord because if God uncovered it, if he pulled back the blood, I wouldn't be preaching to you today. If he raked back the blood and uncovered, you'd say, I wouldn't let you be my pastor. I wouldn't let you preach to me, but I thank the Lord for the secret of the Lord. Oh, somebody ought to shout all across this building. You ought to thank God that he covered your mistake, that he covered your mess. And when you have a revelation, he covered my mess. It's a secret of the Lord. Don't uncover nobody else's mess. Lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on. Don't uncover. That goes for your brother, your sister, somebody in the church, but it also goes for you. What God's covered in your life, there is no need. When you got to the secret place of the Most High and you laid it there, it was a secret between you and God. When you get a secret with the Lord, don't uncover it. Do you know what forgiven means? Forgiven. Stop thinking God has ulterior me- like alternate meanings. You are forgiven. I'm forgiven. Wow. Well, he must mean I'm forgiven everything, but no. You're cleansed. My Bible says, if we confess our faults, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from all, all our sins, all our unrighteousness. Well, you don't know what I have been up to. You don't know what I did. And I don't need to know what you did. It's a secret of the Lord. You can come to this house with all sorts of mess. You can come to this building all all jacked up. And you can come to this altar. You can find a secret place. And you can tuck it up under this altar. You can tuck it up under here and say, Lord, this is between you and me. I did it. I'm guilty. But, Lord, would you keep my secret? And the secret of the Lord is with them. That fear. Would you lift up your hands? Let's pray. I'm done preaching. I came to help somebody. Come on, somebody pray. I want to open up this altar. It could be that you got some things you need to get covered. I want you to come to the altar and get that that secret and say, Lord, it's your secret now. If you started uncovering things God's trying to cover up, you need to take it before God and say, Lord, it's not my secret anymore. It's yours. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody come pray. If you don't feel comfortable to come to the altar, that's all right. Turn around in your seat. Pray at your chair and make a secret with the Lord. Say, God, this is yours. God, you know where I am. There's nothing like a little bit of honesty that'll deliver you from a whole lot of mess. There's nothing like a little bit of honesty that'll set you free for the rest of your life. David, you made a mistake, but you can let God blot it out. You can let God cover it. It can be your secret with God. Somebody pray.
Come on, it doesn't matter what you have done. I want you to know you can lay it at the altar and God can say, uh, we'll never talk of it again. It's a secret you can't even uncover. We'll never discuss it again. It's my secret now. It's not yours to keep. You don't have to worry about anybody else. You can say, Lord, this is our little secret. This is our little secret. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for forgiving me. And you can be known as a giant slayer. You can be known as a man or a woman of God after God's own heart. They can write it on your tombstone. They loved God, not they made mistakes. Somebody pray in the name of Jesus. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. It's a secret. It's a secret. Your regrets and mistakes. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy. From the ashes, a new life is born. Jesus is calling. Come on, the Holy Ghost is in this building. Hide it. Hide it in the secret place of the Most High. Lay it at the feet of Jesus. Lay it under the cross. Lay it under the altar. Lay it under the blood. And let it be covered forever. Oh. 